You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are Canada's number one mobile and app tech radio program. Uh, we've got an interesting show for you today. I'm actually down in uh, New Orleans for uh, a big uh, tech conference called ZeroCon. We'll be talking uh, to the folks uh, down there, uh, one company, Live CA, uh, really interesting Canadian company that provides accounting services uh, to businesses. So instead of hiring a, a bookkeeper or an accountant uh, that uh, lives in your office, they can do it all virtually, and they say for a lot cheaper uh, as well. Uh, and uh, we'll also be talking with the chief technology officer uh, over at uh, Zero. Uh, they're a, a big finance software company uh, out of New Zealand, of all places. And uh, just hearing how uh, it is to kind of make all of that software happen up in the cloud and some of the challenges. And uh, finally, we'll be talking about Cameo. This is a, uh, a service, an app that in the past uh, let you pay for personalized messages from your favorite uh, celebrities and sports stars. Well, they've taken it to another level now and will actually let you FaceTime with these folks, obviously for a fee. So we'll tell you about uh, some of uh, the costs on that. You want to get a call from David Hasselhoff, Don Johnson, even Steve Wozniak, one of the Apple founders, you can do it, but it'll cost you a few bucks. John, let's look at some of the uh, the tech mobile stories happening right now. We've spoken a lot about ArriveCan. That's the app that uh, you have to have downloaded on your smart device, smartphone, and fill out when you're coming back into Canada, whether that's by land, sea, or air. And been hearing a lot of stories about how it's kind of gumming up <laughs> a lot of the borders out there. But now the the transport minister is saying there's no evidence supporting that it's causing problems at the borders. So clearly he hasn't been traveling. <laughs> yeah. Or, well, it, it's or has just, used it's the, such a, the app. Yeah, it's just such a pain in the butt for a lot of people. And especially if you've never used it before. Um, I'm going to be traveling with a friend soon and he's never used it. So he's got to set it up just so we can go to Seattle for the day. And he doesn't like it, it can be confusing, especially if you're traveling to Canada for the first time and you haven't done your research. Yeah, you have to basically do this all right at, at the border crossing, however, that works out for you. And all of the uh, border guards have said at the airports and at the, the, the land crossings, most of the people coming through either forget or don't know how to set it up, so they have to do that. So they spend a lot of time basically doing tech support <laughs> i just can't believe that uh, the transport minister said this like yeah i mean just google it <laughs> there's all sorts of uh news stories about yeah. it I, I don't know yeah and and there in every um border town mayor has petitioned the government to get rid of it 60 countries around the world have abandoned all air travel uh, pandemic restrictions. Yeah. So including most of the European allies. Um, so like everyone's like, why do we still have this? Yeah. Well, it's not going away anytime soon. Another interesting story we're following here, John, uh, they call it the Fitbit murder. Husband of a, of a slain wife sentenced to 65 years. So um, a husband claimed that... Uh, I guess intruders uh, came in, tied them up, and uh, shot his wife, killing her. But investigators checked in 
on her Fitbit she was wearing, and the data contradicted that. It, it basically showed that she was at the gym an hour before. So, in fact, the husband was guilty of murdering her. Crazy how they can get that information from a wearable. Well, yeah, and I would also imagine if she was still wearing it when she was shot, there would be that activity yeah. on there as well. Yeah. Like, there wouldn't be any heart rate anymore. Correct, yeah. Essentially. I mean, very sad story, definitely, but... yeah. Um, just shows you how technology is so integrated in our lives now and just all the information that's being captured for better <laughs> or for worse. Well, it's just interesting because I've started watching forensic files when yep. I go to bed at night. <laughs> and that's what they always talk about is all the forensic evidence that we have. And this is like, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, yeah. which is when the show was mostly popular. And it's it's astonishing. And I can only imagine how much more advanced it is right now. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're down in New Orleans talking to some uh, tech cloud people. Stay tuned. You're back with the program. Mike Agarbo here down in New Orleans for ZeroCon, a big uh, cloud financial software conference uh, for Zero. I've got an interesting guest with me. His name is Mark Reese. He is the Chief Technology Officer for Zero. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. It's great to be able to talk to you. So tell our listeners uh, what Zero is all about uh, in the accounting world. I think a lot of uh, them are familiar with like Sage and you know, Intuit with their QuickBooks. How is Zero different? And so that's spelled X-E-R-O. Yeah, so Zero is, um, as you said, it's a, it's a cloud software um, accounting. It's designed to help small businesses and their accounting partners run those businesses you know more effectively so um, we're actually the you know the first company in that category of cloud accounting software um, and started in New Zealand and you know we we focus on automation and a lot of the processes that take small businesses away from what they they really want to do their core job you know the perennial box of receipts at the end of the year we um, we have software that helps them keep up to date with their finances as they go and and improve the way they run their businesses. Have you always been just cloud first? Yeah, we were you know, born in the cloud. The, our founder, um, Rod Jury, um, he really saw the opportunity of the cloud in terms of um, the way to deliver the software, also to enable the, com- the c- conversation between the accountant and the bookkeeper and the small business. So rather than it sort of happening every six months, you could be sort of a live conversation about the state of the business. So always in the cloud, yeah. Do you think that gives you an advantage over some of the other guys? I mean, they started kind of desktop software. I think it does. I think um, um, it definitely does. It's a really great model to deliver software to these small businesses. They typically don't have a lot of tech uh, support of their own. And so a, a web browser-based solution is a really, really great fit for them. So, um, And we've always only been in the cloud, so that is, that is somewhat of an advantage. And it started in New Zealand. It started in New Zealand, which yeah. is not a common thing, right? No, like, you're either working for Peter Jackson or Zero now, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so which is great, actually. It's kind of the contrarian model. Yeah. Most tech started in the northern hemisphere. It yeah. spreads out around the world. We started in Wellington, um, and we're spreading up into the northern hemisphere. So, And how many different countries are you in? Yeah, we're in, in, in like most software, software in most, most countries around the world. Yeah. Our key markets are Australia, New Zealand. Canada, the US, UK, um, yeah. and South Africa as well. Yeah. So how do you? Okay. So it's it's accounting software. Yeah. Um, like how do you 
get innovative with that. I mean, yeah. you know, how far can you go with accounting software? Yeah, there's there's um, there's heaps of opportunity to, to innovate. Actually, it's um, it's one of the things where I think innovation always comes from solving problems that cause customers pain, seeing their opportunity, and this is a this is a space with right with that opportunity. Like, um, you know, just if we think about today, what lots of small businesses do is they their kind of financial transactions are really PDF-based, exchanged uh, via email. Um, they're often only organised and categorised really late in the day, like maybe when they have to file a tax return or, or something like that. So if we can make it easy, maybe even enjoyable, to do this work as, as they go by making it seamless, really um, helps them with uh, greater insight into their business and therefore less stress and a you know, better experience. What I found interesting, um, you have a, a show floor here and you have a lot of partner software yeah, partner yeah. companies here. Um, I guess you have kind of an open platform we for do, your, yeah. uh, your, your system. How important is it to have all these other companies kind of plug into it's that? Fantastic. And how, and how yeah. difficult is that? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's a choice we made really early on to make sure that we, when we built a feature in the product that we built an API for it as well. And it's really... Um, Really generative. It's it's. I enjoy w- walking around uh, that floor as well because uh, seeing all those partners together, you see how rich and, and varied the innovation is. And what happens actually is our accountants and bookkeepers, or all small business customers, they really build a solution out of us yeah. as the hub and those um, those different specialties. Like we have a really strong set of ecosystem partners around agriculture, for example. Yes, yeah, sir. There was like a whole. F- Booth there on farm accounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they, and they work together well and they um, compile into kind of really a really broad experience to help these customers with their business. So it's, yeah. um, it's a really powerful um, source of innovation and things that we, um, that we can't get around to building that they, they, they do and do really well. Yeah. And then you go and buy them. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know we focus a lot on that um, ecosystem and this, you know, it's kind of something we've been leaning into more with a better app store and even recommendations based on what the customer does in the product, what ecosystem partners um, that would make sense for them. What are some of the partners, uh, if you maybe list a couple, that you find really interesting this year? Yeah, yeah. There's, um, uh, there's, there's our big big tax partners like Avalara. So, it's a, so that's not a, a new company. It's a uh, sales tax provider. They're doing uh, some really interesting work um, helping us with the sales tax, uh, particularly in the, in the U.S., um, uh, so they just focus on sales tax. They do, yeah. So the whole company that focuses on sales tax. It's, it's amazing how complex that is. Yeah. Uh, there's um, some really interesting um, uh, uh, ecosystem partners that do some advanced reporting. Yeah. Um, so Figured's a good example. Spotlight reporting. They um, they they provide specialized reporting and insights on top of the the reporting we prov- we provide. And there's a subset of our customers. Um, some of the accountants are really interested in kind of the, the deep diving into possible scenarios and understanding their data. And so they're doing some really interesting work, actually. Yeah. So looking for, uh, you know, some of the technologies we're, we're hearing about, like blockchain, for example, yeah. how does that factor into the accounting world? Yeah, now? yeah. Blockchain's, um, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating story, right? You, I mean, you may have talked about it before. Um, we are, we've got a sort of watching brief on that. There's a few scenarios that are really um, interesting. Well, the first obvious one is that you know, more of our customers are doing work um, with cryptocurrencies. Yes. So they're buying and, and buying and selling goods in it. And so they have a, 
and accepting it as payment. I so, guess. So, yeah, so they, yeah. they actually have a tax obligation after that. So yeah. that's pretty adjacent to what we Theoretically, do. Theoretically, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's adjacent to what we do today is to kind of help them yeah. meet those uh, tax obligations. And so that you've got that going with the system. That's um, that's something. It's not a not something we have today, but it's oh, but one of the things yeah, yeah. we're looking at in the future. Yeah. Then there's there's a class of um, uh, opportunity around typically uh, work processes that span lots of different parties um, that are slow or expensive today. We just we would be part of um, a new way of doing those things in the future. I think like payments is a great example, yeah. especially cross borders, maybe even some supply chain stuff where. You know, people are really interested in knowing where the things they buy come from yes. and their, how they move through the supply yeah. chain. You can really accurately identify yeah, that yeah. blockchain. So yeah. the blockchain would be a good way to store um, and track goods as they move along the kind of uh, supply chain. So you have to figure that out. Yeah, that would be well, lot, not just you. But. A lot of the yeah, yeah, a lot of the blockchain um, solutions would involve an industry group or consortium because yeah. you've got to get multi parties. Of course, yeah. Involved. The other one is that's really interesting with our. Um, blockchain is identity because you know internet identity is such a difficult long-running yes. problem and uh, blockchain has some really good um, really good uh, use cases in that so no, that's another example of the thing we're watching um, what about machine learning yeah so that's um, machine learning is is a core of what we think the future yeah. of the product's going to be like if cloud accounting was the wave that launched products like zero I think the next wave is really this AI and machine learning. So it's a big area. But how do you keep on top of that? Like, you started as the cloud, and I think yeah. that gave you an advantage over some of the other yeah. old older guys yeah. out there. Uh, what's to say? Well, I mean, there's probably going to be you know dozens of new machine learning type sure. of, you know accounting software services yeah. coming. Like, how do you keep ahead of that? I think it's the kind of the key challenge for a company like Zero is that yeah. you can be relevant in half a generation, unless yep. you keep challenging yourself. It could be the next series. Challenge, challenge yourself to, <laughs> yeah. get, to get better and improve and stuff. So, I mean, it's about hiring the right people. It's about really pushing on um, that technology and how you use it and how you change and adapt to it. But I agree with you. It's, you know, it can, that, ch that wave of change will happen no matter what. It's just up to us yeah. to kind of um, leverage it. It's a really interesting world as well. Like, uh, yeah, it's a lot of... Um, things like ethics involved in it. So if we've got a, a company that we acquired um, that uh, provides lending to our customers. Lending, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, based on invoices, it's called Waddle. Um, and so when we make decisions about lending, we have to be really careful not to introduce bias. Yes. Because it would be it would be very interesting. If you just do plain machine learning, you, could, you get a set of data, you teach it, and it makes predictions, right? Yeah often that data has biases implicit in it. Yes. So we could end up in a situation where we're, we're biasing towards recommending loans to male founders of small businesses rather yes. than female businesses because that's the bias of the past. Yes. Right? So you've know, so you got to try to take that out. You've got to take that out, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, looking at me, you'd never lend me a, a dime, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you're a chief technology officer. Uh, and I, I have to ask you this, uh, up in Canada here, recently one of our big um, cell phone carriers, Rogers, had a massive, uh, out, we'll call it an outage. Yeah. And that poor guy, <laughs> the yeah, CTO, yeah. Uh, yeah, he got run out of town. Sure. So, like, isn't that a lot of, pre I mean, your whole company is predicated on trust. software and, yeah. you know, the trust that this yeah. thing is going to keep going. Like, 
all these businesses around the world are, I mean, relying on you like by the minute to make totally. sure everything is running. Yeah. Like, does that keep you up at night? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big part of my job, definitely. Yeah. Like the, um, the but making sure the site's available, making sure it's secure, making sure we're doing the right things with our data is a big part of, part of my job. And it's like almost in that class of things that succeeding is not, you know, not getting attention placed on those things. <laughs> And it's so you succeed when nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah absolutely. It's kind of the definition of the job. And it, if my, some of my job is kind of balancing out two, two opposing forces. One is this earning customer trust. And yep. you need to do that constantly, right? You can't take it for advantage. And then we have to innovate and we have to change. And in some cases, like moving fast and driving lots of change is, puts, it makes it more likely that you're mess something up and, yeah. and there'll be an outage. So you have to be really carefully balancing those two things out, yeah. especially when you're a company like Zero and you're growing really fast because you it doesn't stay still the, the way you solve those. So you've got to be innovative and cautious at the same time. As well as well as getting, well as growing. Yeah. 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 That makes it so much fun. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, but um, not always easy. Yeah. But you've been around the company, what, for almost a decade? Yeah. So you're yeah. doing okay. Doing okay, yeah. It's, it's the company's doing. But okay. tomorrow, tomorrow you could be out. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> you're making me feel more comfortable for sure. Yeah, yeah. No. I'm just teasing. No, I just find uh, CTO's jobs really fascinating. Like yeah. just having to look after all the technology, which you know all our businesses are running on right now. Yeah, so, I know. To your point, the whole trust factor is like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, uh, I want to thank you for joining us uh, today, and uh, it's been great talking with you. Yeah, thanks, Mike. It was great. great to chat with you. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the program. Mike Agarbo here down in New Orleans. New Orleans? I can't even say it. New Orleans uh, for ZeroCon. Uh, checking out all the latest in uh, software as a service up in the cloud. Uh, we've got a really interesting guest. Uh, his name is Chad Davis, uh, all the way from the Maritimes. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Mike. Uh, you have an interesting company, Live CA. This is, uh, I guess, an accounting, online accounting backend firm for people that just want to do it virtually? Yes. Yeah. Uh, even shorter said is we're trying to be the full back office team for any sort of $2 million plus company for less than the price of a full-time hire. That's pretty good. It's prepared, I but, promise. But how does that work? I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I have my own company. We've got about 30, 35 people. Right. Um, and so it kind of scares me sometimes thinking I'm just going to have like this one company that is going to take the place of an accountant that could be in my office. Yeah, I think when companies uh, do have somebody in the office and it works, they should, they should lean into that. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's quite difficult to find that one person that has the skills that can do really high-level tax work, but also run the payroll, the bookkeeping, the financial analysis, and kind of keep you on track as you're going. Yeah. So for those companies that are uh, looking to either broaden the skill set of their existing team or de-risk that in case they would like sort of six people for the price of one that have the span of uh, skills that those embody, then sometimes they hire firms like us. So how does the communication work? Like the nice thing about having a body in my office, I can go down and you know chat with them, yell at them, or they can yell at me sure. for spending too much money. How does, <laughs> how does that work virtually? You know, do you know what I mean? Very quietly yes. and, and through typing. Typing, yes. Yes, uh, so we can communicate uh, essentially however people like to communicate. So it could be through email because we all love email. Uh, it could be through Slack, it could be through Zoom meetings. Um, but ever since we began in 2013, there was this notion that there is a subset of companies that do want that sort of 
cadence of not being bothered every day. Maybe it's weekly, maybe it's bi-weekly, maybe it's monthly, but they want someone that has their back that also works with similar companies or adjacent companies that could give them some insights that maybe that one person may not be able to. So again, it really comes down to the needs of those, those individual business owners and what they're looking for. And again, we, we kind of work with just a small subset of the market. And we hope that those people that are looking for a service like this, they'll find that in us. So what services do you have? Sure. So really high-end tax work, which is really exciting, uh, like mergers and acquisitions, helping people go public, uh, trust work. I know you're falling asleep right now. No, no, uh, no. I'm, I'm got... actually interested. <laughs> uh, corporate tax returns, personal tax returns for owners only, uh, all the way down to uh, bookkeeping and technology consulting, uh, payroll, accounts payable management, following up with accounts receivable. Essentially, So every... you could do AR as well? Absolutely. And chase down and chase down those people that just won't pay you. Really? Yeah. Wow. And so, you said you're cheaper than having a body in the office. And that, I think that's the trade-off of having someone that you can yell at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you want to be able to um, rationalize the spend of maybe a full-time hire, but not have them available every single minute. Yeah. So we do offer unlimited support which is allowing us to kind of scale up. And the technology is a big part that allows us to do this. So when we made a decision early on to which sort of service, which accounting service we would like to offer our customers, we went all in on the Zero platform because it allowed us to easily switch between all kinds of companies. It handled multi-currency really well for our US clients. And it was so easy for somebody to come in as a bookkeeper or an accountant and learn one system. So we learned that sort of that efficiency really does pay off the bigger you get. And today we have about 110 people. Uh, so efficiency is pretty important. And so if I'm a, a business engaging with you, like, am I dealing with the same people there? Or do you just have like Peter, like virtual Peter? Like no, a, that would be weird. No, okay. um, but we do have one point of contact yeah. who you form a really great relationship with. And then you ask them, you say, hey, I have this payroll issue. And then they'll route it internally. So the tech that we have behind the scenes is a mixture of help desk software, uh, project management systems that integrate with their accounting system, and uh, really just lots of coverage in terms of how we've structured the bodies that are working in the different elements of the firm. So you went with zero. Mm -hmm. Um, Why did you go with that? Originally, we had uh, two choices. We could go with the juggernaut uh, in Intuit, or we could go with with Zero. What I really appreciated with Zero was that I had a contact from day one that was there for me. They wanted me to grow just as much as I wanted me to grow, and they also did multi-currency really well. So, allowing us to pay our Canadian credit card from a US bill and have one screen and one click in where, of, of where to reconcile that was not two or three clicks in another system. So a lot of the companies we work with are pretty big and they have a lot of those types of things where they might not have a US dollar credit card or something to make those payments. So the system itself was more advanced for the types of customers we were looking at. And then you tack on 10 years of relationships and innovations and building of the platform. It just adds on to a really great experience for our team. And what are your hours? Sure. So what we ask of our team is that they work a standard eight-hour day in their time zone. 
with an incredible amount of flexibility. So we went remote since day one. My business partner was living in Tel Aviv at the time that I met him. His name's Josh Swag. Now he's down in Argentina, did some time in Colombia. He's quite the mountaineer. And- Sounds like a money launderer, is he? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, it's the opposite. Yes. Uh, he just, he's just really, he's really an active guy. So he, he gets bored with the country quite quickly and yeah. then moves on to the next one. Not unlike, where did this go really quickly, Mike? Let's uh, <laughs> Time zones, what are your hours? Right, so yeah. we asked them, and when it comes time to flexibility, um, if they need to take off an afternoon, they take off an afternoon. Um, it's very results-oriented, but because communication and collaboration is so core to the values that we hold as a company, we find that people want to work you know, at least four or five hours of overlap from Vancouver on PST all the way to Halifax in Atlantic time. So if I'm in Vancouver, I have no problem. You're working your, your normal hours, but yeah. you just might get three or four hours with the East Coast crew. Yeah. And that's okay because you'll schedule your days that way. And you will have customers across the whole country, which is a huge benefit if you're on the West Coast. So I, I do spend some time on the West Coast uh, about six months of the year. Uh, I live full time in an RV and do six months in Canada and six months in the US. So when I'm on Vancouver Island and I'm still kind of talking back to the Toronto and the Halifax crew, I get most of my work done between 1 p.m. and 5 p.m. because they're, they're gone for the day. Yeah. It's fantastic. And so, Again, the size of the companies that would engage you, how, how big or small? Sure. So we have t uh, two criteria on size. The first is, is, is revenue, because that typically drives how much money they have to spend and how serious they might be on that. Yeah. So it's about a million and a half to $2 million plus, yeah. uh, maybe 10 employees or more to start. Or they're a really well-funded company that's pre-revenue, that's building up their product, and they have probably a year or two's worth of cash. Yeah. Um, they're typically companies that don't want that person in internally, or they want us to create their entire tech process, their procedures for bookkeeping and payroll, and then have a chance to hire those people internally as they hit the five, 10, $20 million mark. Talking with Chad Davis, uh, he's with Live CA. You founded it, right? Correct. With, okay, with so you're not Josh, just yeah. with them, you founded it. Correct. Very cool. <laughs> and uh, people can find out more information, liveca.ca? Correct. Uh, also, we have a, a silly podcast called Automation Town, which talks about regular people building automations for regular problems that we all solve in the workplace. I hear that uh, that host is a jerk. <laughs> it's the other guy that's a jerk. The other guy? Oh, okay. He's, he's a non-Canadian. Well, thank you for joining us today, Chad. Thanks very much, Mike. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Ever want to talk to your favorite celebrity? Well, there's an app for that. It's called Cameo. It's been around for a while. It uh, allowed you in the past to actually pay to have uh, pre-recorded personalized messages uh, or video messages uh, sent to you. They've uh, kind of uh, upped the ante now, and you can actually interact and have uh, live video chats with them uh, as well. And so, John... Uh, we have a list of how much some of these celebrities uh, are charging for this. So is it is it the same for, for all of them? It's a 10-minute call? Yeah. You, you basically, you, you go to the cameo.com slash events page, find your celebrity or famous person, whatever, and essentially you're given a calendar and you can find a 10-minute block to book that. And I was quite surprised, like you could literally book somebody for tomorrow. Now you could 
there's no guarantee you're going to get them tomorrow, but you basically give them a couple of uh, options as far as dates and times. And then the celebrity would agree to that. And I, I just find this really fascinating because, you know, it's one thing to have, you know, a personalized birthday greeting sent to you for your girlfriend or your wife or whatever, and have that video that they record whenever they get a chance to on their phone, probably. But this is actually a live video chat. And I, I don't know what the implications are for this because I could see this getting abused by people, uh, you know, getting a celebrity to say something live as opposed to this canned video that Cameo is sort of famous for. Yeah. But it's really interesting, the pricing models, the, the celebrities themselves set the amount. And um, it, I found it quite amazing that some celebrities that you would think would be worth more didn't charge very much. And then other people charged a lot and they probably don't deserve it. <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk uh, David Hasselhoff. Uh, you might know yeah. him from Baywatch, Knight Rider, uh, from his magnificent singing career in Germany. So for a 10-minute call <laughs> with him, John, the price? 1950 Canadian. Oof. That's $1,950. And that gets you 10 minutes with the Hoff. That's right. <laughs> I actually met him back in the day when I was a kid. He opened my local Toys R Us. No. Yeah. <laughs> This is at the height of Knight Rider, too. Wow. I wonder how much you charge for that. Probably more than $19.50. Probably. Okay. Uh, Steve Wozniak. He was one of the founders, along with Steve Jobs, of Apple Computers. He's he's a bit more. Yeah. Quite a bit more. $6,500. I kind of wonder if they set these prices because they don't want to do this, but they maybe... Are contractually obligated to do it for some reason, although I can't. I can't imagine the Waz needs six thousand dollars. Yeah, but it's one way to have a chat with them. Um, I was surprised, like you know, Oscar-winning actor Malcolm McDowell. I think he's an Oscar winner. Um, Three hundred ninety dollars. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, Dave Foley from Kids in the Hall and lots of other news radio. Great show. Yeah. Yeah. Three hundred ninety dollars. I saw him at uh, I saw him at the Calgary Comic Con. They had a bunch yeah, of yeah. celebrities there, and yeah, I think for hundred dollars you get your photo taken with them and an autograph. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty common for a Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk to Greg from Brady Bunch, Barry Williams, five hundred and twenty bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but I bet there's fans I, I out found, there. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I found that a lot of the sort of supporting actors on Seinfeld were in there as well. And they were quite a bit more, actually. Um, Elaine's boss, John O'Hurley. Yep. He's $775. Wayne Knight, who played Newman, he's more. Yeah. twelve eighty seven. I I thought it was really kind of cool that the... I believe he's Swedish or Dutch. Uh, Jonas Sutomo. He's the guy that's currently playing Chewbacca in all the Star Wars shows. And he's only three ninety. <laughs> I don't he, know if he shows up with the with the costume on or not. Maybe just the head, or maybe he just grunts the whole time. Yeah, I don't know. But that's funny. Like 
you don't even see this actor who plays Chewbacca. He's in the big furry costume, and he's not he's not even making the noise, the Chewbacca noise. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Dean Norris, uh, if you love Breaking Bad, I think he plays Hank on that. Uh, you know, um, Walter White's brother-in-law, Brian Cranston's brother-in-law on on the show. Eleven sixty-six. Yep. He's kind of cool. Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's former lawyer. Wouldn't that be an interesting call? <laughs> he's only yeah. he's only well, $390. This is, it, this is where it gets really interesting because I would imagine it, anybody remotely political, and there's lots of politicians in this as well. Yeah. Um, how is this not going to be abused by the other party or fans of the other party? Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. And, there's also a lot of a lot of sports figures as well. So if you want to, if you're a Canucks fan, you can actually talk to the head coach, Bruce Boudreaux, for 250 bucks. Didn't you mispronounce his name on on your global TV hit? <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> what did you call? Well, him? I said it twice. Yeah. I just. I just. I'm bad with French names. Well, we, we apologize to you, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to talk to him, it's only 250 bucks. Uh, the big one that surprised me, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, she is $9,750 for a 10-minute call. I, I, as far as I could tell, she was the most expensive celebrity to talk to. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. But some are as cheap as $78. There's a lot of, like, TikTok and YouTube celebrities on there. Yeah. I'm thinking you and I can probably command a, a decent call. <laughs> How much can we get? Oh, 20 bucks? Buy us <laughs> a beer. A case, yeah, a case of beer or a beer. Okay, we're going to have to take a break when we come back. A little more tech to talk. Stay tuned. Okay. You're back with The App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to listen to our sister show, Get Connected. It's on every Saturday across the Chorus Radio Network. And, of course, it's also podcast. You can get uh, access to that through your favorite uh, podcasting software. Or go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got a listen tab up there where you can subscribe to uh, Get Connected and also the app show, which you are listening to right now uh, as well. Uh, on this week's Get Connected, it was pretty cool. Uh, we talked about um, Netflix's uh, potential new ad-supported streaming service, uh, what that means, what you'll probably get and what you won't get. Also talked about all those little uh, portable pocket printers as well. You know, we literally have thousands of photos on our devices now. John, I have 25. You said you had 37,000? Yeah. Yeah, and I have 25,000. Well, this is a way to make them uh, physical photos uh, again. And uh, with a printer, that would actually fit in uh, most people's pockets. We'll also be talking about how Janet Jackson and her hit, 1989 hit, Rhythm Nation, can actually crash certain hard drives. <laughs> this is a, a crazy story, but uh, you'll want to stay tuned for that. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. John, of course, my co-host and producer, and uh, Robin back at the studio. See you again next time.